Let's take a moment and pray. Father, we praise you for how good you are. We thank you for your love and your mercy and your kindness. And Lord, we do come saying that we're sorry for when we go through the motions, we ignore you and we, we don't realize that you're there. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for Jesus who didn't forget us when he came for us. We praise you for your kindness and goodness. In Jesus' name, I pray. of knowledge. You did not enter yourself, and you hindered those who were entering. And as he went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him and to speak about many things, lying in wait for to catch him in something that he might say. In the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered that they began to trample one another, he began to say to his disciples first, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be made known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on housetops. Well, good morning to all my friends here this morning and, and also my friends online. If we've not met, my name is Ken. And I am the pastor here, and the reason I am your pastor is because I am really the biggest sinner here, and Jesus loves me. And our message today is the antidote to hypocrisy. The antidote to hypocrisy is being transparent about your sin. I was thinking this week what a very frightening passage of Scripture this really is. If you really think about it, Jesus says, nothing is covered up that will not be revealed. Think about this. What if I had a log of every text you had this week and it was just open for everybody here to read? Additionally, what if I had a log of every word you said in your conversations, even the ones you said under your breath? And I was going to share that with everybody today. Now, if neither of those things to scare you, what if there was a, a, a printed log of every thought you had about your boss, your spouse, your child, your friends, your enemies, or the person that cut you off in traffic? What if those thoughts were just translated on, on the screen behind me right now? What if we put a, a, a copy of every image that you looked at this week on the screens behind me for everyone to review? Is everything that you saw this week going to be church appropriate for everybody and the children to see? Now, that's what Jesus is saying is someday going to happen, that your whole life, every intention of your heart, every thought, every word, every word said under your breath is going to be exposed to everyone and him at the judgment. Someday, every sin will be exposed according to God's word. Anybody like me a little bit terrified of that? Because of hypocrisy, we pretend that we do not sin with others. 
but we actually sin every day, don't we? You know, we may fear that future event, like I said, but the reality is right now, nothing is hidden from God right now. Our, our little tinfoil hats that we put on to try to shield our thoughts to God, they don't work. He, he knows everything. So why would we fear that future? He knows our every thought, our every action, and our every word. If we fear, it's not because we fear God knowing, really. We fear people knowing, not God. Because the reality is he knows it already. But the problem is most of us don't live in that reality. So the antidote to our hypocrisy is living always transparent before God and before man because you're not fooling God and odds are you're not fooling other people the way you think you do. In Isaiah chapter 6, the prophet was brought into the full reality of heaven and, and God's presence. And in his vision, he said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. It, it was not seeing God that brought about this confession. It was the full revelation that he was completely seen by God. He was in total transparency. There's nothing anymore that could be hidden. Isaiah cried, woe. Woe means judgment. He felt the judgment of God for his sins until the atonement came. He, he felt the, the judgment of God for the sins of all the people he knew. Jesus starts our text today with the word woe to the religious experts in God's law, letting them know that they're facing God's judgment. That their pitiful religious acts that they put on as a big show for everybody on the outside to see how good they are had no power to save them. That the facade, that mask of holiness that, that they, they put on, that they wore to impress people, does not impress Almighty God. And neither are the religious acts that you or I do. You know, sometimes we think, oh, like God chose us because, oh, there looks like a little good one I'll pick. I kind of believe in total depravity. I was totally depraved. I was one that he needed help. And so he picked me to, 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 to receive his grace and his mercy by his love. But, but we often live our lives like we're okay. That God wouldn't judge us. We, we are, the reality is we're all tempted to pretend our sins are not there and, or that they do not matter. When we do this, this is hypocrisy. The antidote to that hypocrisy is to live transparently before God and man right now. Not someday in the judgment, because that's going to be a scary day if you don't do it now. It, if we don't live transparent, we're actually inviting judgment. Uh, Jesus, during his earthly ministry, forgave sinners, even the ones that everyone thought were the worst of them. But Jesus did not excuse our hypocrisy. Jesus does not like pretending at all. There's a story in Mark 11 of Jesus being hungry, and he sees a fig tree off in the distance, 
And so he travels, he walks all the way over and discovers that there's no figs on the tree, just leaves. And, and, and so he curses the tree and says, may no one eat from you again. And the next day, him and his disciples traveled back by that tree again, and it had withered and it had died. And friends, this is the only time we see Jesus cursing something on earth and seeing it be destroyed. Even the demons, he did not curse and destroy. He just destroyed their plans over people, but he did not destroy them. As an object lesson, it was for the disciples. This is why he did it, because the tree was a pretender. See, the, Mark tells us that Jesus saw the tree had leaves. Well, in fig trees, leaves and figs always grow together. So here was this tree advertising, come to me, I have fruit, when there was none. And so Jesus cursed and destroyed the hypocritical tree that was pretending to be fruitful. So there's a warning to all of us that pretending is very, very dangerous eternally. Jesus, in our text today, says, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Leaven is yeast. So what does yeast do? Makes bread rise, right? It makes bread puff up. It, it fills it full of air. Now, it just takes a little bit of yeast to do that. Not much at all. Just a little bit. And, and you know, yeast grows best in the dark where it's not exposed to the light. This is a warning again to be transparent because hypocrisy is pride in our heart that grows in the darkness of our secrets. The Bible tells us God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Jesus is saying even a little religious pride in your heart about your own self-righteousness is a dangerous thing. It can make you God's enemy because it puffs you up. It'll continue to puff you up with pride. A, a little leaven in the heart of a Pharisee was that they wanted to be seen as good before other men and women. So they never admitted their sin. They, they never repented as the other sinners did. Instead, they put on a show for others of, of how holy they were, raising their arms on the street and, and, and bragging about what they tithed, and, and, and they talked about all the things that would impress other people. They were just like the fig tree, pretending to be something that they were not. And, and Jesus is saying this is dangerous because pride will, will, will keep you from personally receiving God's grace, but also it will hinder God's mission in the world. It'll hinder others from finding his grace. Jesus said they had taken away the key of knowledge. Well, what is the key of knowledge? It's understanding the truth that they were sinners, that we're all sinners facing the judgment of God apart from Christ and his mercy. The Bible says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And, and even though the Pharisees do good religious things like tithing on their spice rack and and, and, and obeying the law, and the teachers of the law were experts in the law. They had no wisdom for salvation in him because they gained no insight into who God really was because they were in the way. They are blind, blinded by their own pretend holiness from understanding the only true holy one. 
And so they never confess to anyone that they are sinners, deserving God's judgment. And because of that, they don't repent and find his mercy. It's tragic. Even though they're experts in the law, they don't understand the law. Their pride has pushed out wisdom, making them fools. Actually, they're very dangerous to others because of their religious costumes. They, they fool others, infecting them with pride so that other people will travel far down the religious road with them and get nothing to satisfy their spiritual hunger because there's no fruit there. Jesus said this in Matthew 23, 25, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much of a child of hell as yourself. Because hypocrisy ultimately leaves them and others condemned. And, and this is why Jesus is being so blunt as he addresses the Pharisees. His judgment to them is a warning based on his love. The, the, the reality is Jesus loves deeply the hypocritical Pharisees and the teachers of the law. He loves all hypocrites, thankfully, because he loves me. The evidence for that is he constantly accepted the invitation to their homes for dinner, like he did in this text earlier on. Because Jesus is actively seeking their repentance. He knows the, the prideful motivation of their hearts, but he goes anyways, even though they will abuse him. He is an example to all of us to love hypocrites. Because we're all hypocrites. Jesus was constantly spending time preaching to them, warning them of the danger of their pride. Because he loved them. And he wanted them to escape God's judgment. Unfortunately, their hypocrisy puffed them up so much, it, it kept them from heeding his warning, his warning of love, his words, because they just got insulted by his words. They were insulted because of the leaven of their hypocrisy, which puffed up their pride. You know, this week, I, I, I found myself being really insulted. I, I was really angry with someone. And then I realized the reason I was insulted was because of my pride. See, I felt I deserved better than the treatment I was getting from someone because of my spiritual status. And God was good to remind me that I am simply a sinner dependent completely on his mercy. I have no spiritual status. How can a, a man convicted of a crime be insulted when another convict points out his crime? We, we both wear the same stripes and have the stri same stripes, don't we? So how can a sinner saved by grace be insulted by another sinner unless he believes that he is better somehow than that other sinner? See, our job, according to Jesus, is to forgive sinners, not to be insulted by them. Now, here's the problem with myself and other hypocrites, that I often become insulted by sins that other people have that seem so much greater than my own. 
And so if I'm, if I'm not in the truth about the destructive power of my own sin, I get insulted by theirs. But if I am in the truth about my sin, I'm grateful and I'm not insulted by theirs. I'm just grateful to God that I'm forgiven. When, when, when I'm transparent about my own sin, I have and I find mercy. Now, now many of us hypocrites will, will, will not be as bold to say that we have no sin. And instead, we rationalize it and tell ourselves rational lies that at least I'm not as bad as that guy or girl over there. I'm not as bad as Ryan Breeze. That's, that's what a lot of us hypocrites do, which is hypocrisy. It's, it's to pretend that your sin doesn't matter to God and masking it with the sins of others you will not receive forgiveness and you will face judgment by maintaining that kind of attitude towards people. Jesus tells us a parable in Luke 18 of a, a notorious sinner in the first uh, century, a, a, a tax collector. Everybody knew they were the worst of sinners. And, and the story was also about a religious person, a Pharisee, and they both go to temple together to pray. And the Pharisee starts out his prayer by thanking God, that he is not like that wicked tax collector. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I get. Do you hear the leaven in his prayer? Now, the tax collector, in contrast, can't even look up to heaven, look up to God, but instead beats his breast and says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. At the end of the parable, which one do you think received God's mercy? Jesus tells us it's the notorious sinner, the tax collector that received mercy. Jesus says this, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The leaven of, of, of our secret pride in the darkness of our heart is a very dangerous thing. It's a very dangerous thing to live in that denial. The healthy way to live is to be transparent like the tax collector because that's where God's mercy is. That's where he gives his mercy. Hypocrisy is pretending that sin is not serious which is not, or that our sin is not serious, which is not only eternally dangerous, as I said before, but it's dangerous to everyone around us. I, I believe Jesus is also telling us that hypocrisy can make us delusional, controlling, and violent. In, in chapter 11, the Pharisees and the scribes, scribes pretend at good intentions. They invite Jesus to their home, they over for dinner. But I want you to look at where their hearts really are. See, Jesus eventually was forced to escape these nice religious people. In verse 53, it says, As he went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him 
to catch him in something he might say. See, they, they pretend niceness by calling him rabbi. They, they show him some hospitality, but inside they're seething with violent anger towards their teacher. While they, while they pretend to listen to him, they're really just looking for an opportunity to disagree and, and prove him wrong. Friends, very nice people can be full of hypocrisy. They, they, they pretend kindness, but they're not honest about what their true motives and feelings are. They're actors. Jesus told the Pharisees they cleaned the outside of the glass, but the inside was fil- filthy. See, dishonesty is hypocrisy. Both your insides and your outsides need to match to not be hypocritical. If you're seething on the inside and pretending to be nice on the outside, it's hypocrisy, even if we never say to others how we feel. The the Bible would tell us, be angry, but do not sin. When you're hurt or you're offended, biblically, you have two options or two choices. One, to forgive the offense and have grace and move on. Or to go to someone in love because you're concerned about it and speak the truth about their sin or their sins against others so that they might find repentance and mercy too. But for you to become bitter inwardly is like a little yeast that defiles you, yet worse, as it grows, it says it defiles others. You, you may say to yourself, I'm not going to say anything to them. I will just be the bigger person. I'm, I'm just not going to say anything. I'll, I'll be the bigger person. Isn't that pride? Isn't that pride? It's hypocritical pride. And usually what will happen by trying to be, quote, the bigger person you will never speak to them about, honestly, about the, the truth of the sin. You will instead speak up to others about the truth of their sin against you to make you look bigger. Which again is pride because it lifts you up and it brings them down. Not being transparent and, and not forgiving it is a little leaven of pride that does a lot of damage. Jesus says, again, that the hatred you hold inside your heart will come out. It it will be exposed, if not today, in the judgment. You may look good to everybody because you look calm and peaceful on the outside because you didn't risk openly confronting any sin. But God, again, sees the defilement in your heart and your unforgiveness will be whispered in quiet rooms and it will be proclaimed on housetops. Think about it. To God, your bitterness and unforgiveness is just as sinful as whatever their offense was in the first place. Your your pride in not forgiving or speaking the truth in love actually may be worse than their offense because of the leaven of pride that continues to grow in you in your unresolved hatred and indifference. See, the leaven of the Pharisee can also grow in our need to be right, or at least to be perceived to be right. See, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law need to be right. So they did not really listen to the one who really was right, and ultimately right, 
Again, this is pride. I remember once in the business world, I, I heard a very wealthy and successful businessman trying to train some younger people about how to be successful in business. And, and one of the young men who was unsuccessful at this point was very prideful in arguing with everything the successful man was saying and what it was trying to teach him. And finally, the, the businessman looked at him and said, I have a question, young man. Do you want to be rich or do you want to be right? See, the Pharisees were constantly arguing with Jesus, trying to trap him in his doctrines and methods because of their pride. They were not really listening to him to try to understand his teaching. They were only listening enough to have a better argument against his teaching. Jesus could have easily said to them, Brother, do you want to be rich in God's mercy or go straight to hell and be right or thinking you're right? Jesus was a successful preacher. He was successfully healing people. He was driving out demons. He was doing miracles that proved who his identity was, the Son of God. Notice in our text, crowds of of sinners wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. In the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered, they, they were trampling one another. They began, then he began to say to his disciples, first, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. The, the crowd was forming. They were forming around Jesus. S- sinners wanted to hear a person without hypocrisy. Yet that didn't matter to the Pharisees because they were delusional in their pride. They, they so needed to be right It didn't matter what the evidence of God's mercy and the things that were going on right in front of them. They just wanted to stop it because it wasn't about them. Jesus is saying we need to be careful because our hypocrisy can lead us into a delusion of doing the wrong thing while we're thinking we're doing the right thing. They thought they were doing the right thing by crucifying Jesus. In a previous verse, Jesus pointed this out to the teachers in law. He says, woe to you. For you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. See, what did all the prophets come to do? Well, if you read them, they all told people to get honest, to get transparent, to admit they had sinned against God and then turn to him for mercy. Yet, yet this Jesus is saying this generation instead pretended niceness before men, but in reality does violence to God's message and his messengers. See, the religious in Jerusalem had built beautiful monuments to the prophets whose words they and their ancestors ignored. See, they just sought to honor their fathers or ancestors because that honored them, that honored their national pride. But they ignored the very message of the prophets And so did their ancestors who chose to persecute and kill God's messengers instead of admitting to their own sin and and, and turning to God. Today, do we we do the same thing in our Christian communities and, and ministries, building churches and ministries to honor Jesus and then pretend in these places like we do not sin week after week, which is the whole point of why we're here? If you call yourself a Christian and you say you don't sin, how can you be? Do you act nice to me as your preacher here, but then go home and have chicken fried pastor for lunch instead of obeying God's word that you heard to repent? 
is instead your family, instead of your family seeing you be humble and repenting before God, do you pretend niceness at church and then go home and criticize the preacher in your words and in your thoughts and ignore the call of God to repent yourself? And so you hinder those around you in your family that are attempting to enter his grace? Hypocrisy pridefully attacks the message or the messenger instead of attacking the real problem, your sin before God. Hypocrisy says your sin doesn't matter as much as the delivery, as the entertainment value or the intellectual stimulation of the message. If you only honor a preacher when you like his word to you and it it tickles your ears of pride, but you do not honor his words that offend you at your pride, how are you different than a Pharisee or a teacher of the law? If you reject the idea that you need repentance or that your sin is serious, Are you not doing violence to the Son of God who died to remove it? Do you honor his tomb because it makes you look good before men to go to church? You attend church, you sing songs, you you give to causes, but you're not honest with yourself and repent at his words to you? Are, Are you not doing violence to his name and the names of all the prophets who came before him who died to bring you God's message of grace and mercy? Jesus told these men that the blood of the prophets will be charged against their generation. Of all the prophets, he could say the same to some of us because they had not listened to the prophets and they had not listened to God. They had no true fear of his word to them and so they gained no spiritual wisdom that could save them from judgment through all their religious activity. Instead, Their denial of sin made them delusional and violent and a threat to others. Think of of Paul before he was converted. He was violent and a threat to others, yet he was one of the most educated religious men around. They have no real mercy to give to others because they have not yet received mercy themselves. And the reason was, because they believed they needed no mercy. Woe to them, because they stand in God's judgment. Before you say woe to them, how are you different from them? If week after week, time after time, when repentance is offered in our worship, and and, and you, in general, never take advantage of it and mourn your sin against a holy God, What are you saying? That you have not sinned this week or or any weeks over the past months or years that you have attended here? Or are you saying that your sin is just not that bad? It's it's really not as bad as those poor sinners over there. It's it's, it's not as bad as Ryan Breeze. If you're afraid to, to admit it to others, that you are a sinner in need of God's mercy, then how is that attitude any different than these Pharisees and teachers of the law? 
Jesus says, woe to you. If you never openly talk about your current struggle of sin with others in this body or out in the world as you're having gospel conversations, if you never do that week after week, aren't you saying you don't need any? If the testimony of your life and your actions and your conversation is that your life is perfect, it's perfect. I, I come to church, only real problems I face are the sins of the world, the, the sins of those people out there. I, I don't face any trouble with rebellion in my own heart against God. How is that not the leaven of hypocrisy? And how does that not hinder those who need his grace from hearing it from you? If, if you do not attempt to have gospel conversations and disciple others, and, and if you do, if you only talk about sin in a generic way, in an unpersonal way, or in a past tense kind of way, how are you not hindering those who are seeking to enter? Are you not training those you are trying to disciple that you don't need God's grace to be saved from judgment yourself? Hypocrisy is pretending that your personal need is not as great as the one before you or the one you consider to be a notorious sinner. Friends, here's the reality. To God, we are all notorious sinners. We killed the Son of God. Our sin left him bleeding, mocked, gasping for breath on a Roman cross. Friends, it's Memorial Day weekend. We, we only memorialize Jesus by being honest in our admission of sin and declaring our personal need for him in repentance. We, we do not moral, memorialize him by coming to church, singing songs, and pretending like we don't need what he did for us. Jesus said this, Greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. W what did Jesus do for his friends? What? What did Jesus do for his friends? Laid down his life. He laid down his life for their sins. If you are his friend, and if you don't consider your sin worth mentioning or repenting off, is, are you really his friend? Jesus, after that, said, if you are my friends, you are my friends if you do what I command you. One of his best friends, Peter, after the resurrection, told us what we must do to find salvation. Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38. Repentance is not just an optional thing of faith for those really bad sinners who really, really need it. It is for those who seek to do what he commands. Jesus said, the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and raised on the third day. Why must he do it? He said he must do that because your sin leaves him no other option to save you 
from the wrath of a holy God than to die for you. And, and so in love, he must lay down his life for you. You who he calls friend, in spite of your sin and my sin and in spite of our hypocrisy. There is no greater love than what you will find in him. Friends, don't, don't let your hypocrisy seed your heart with pride that you will deny his grace and so, pretend, or, and so perish as a pretender. Friends, now is the time to humble yourself in the presence of a holy God who sees everything. Jesus says the fact that you sinned against a holy God is not a debatable thing. He says nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be made known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and, and, and what you have whispered in a private room shall be also proclaimed on housetops. What, what is your confession today? Is it hypocritical or real transparency? Because transparency is the antidote to the eternal danger of hypocrisy that leaves us in hell. If you will start living transparent before God and before man, you, you will no longer fear judgment because forgiveness will be proclaimed over you in every dark place, in every private room, and on every housetop, the light of his grace will overcome your darkness. The, the power of the enemy is to accuse you in the darkness, and, but that will be gone forever if you will be transparent and let his light and grace and mercy save you. Friends, we need to live transparently before him. Pretending in faith only brings judgment, but honestly living your faith, life by faith in the Son of God who loves you and gave his life for you will bring you everlasting peace and freedom in your heart. Today, enter that freedom. Enter it yourself today. And by doing so, lead others into that freedom. Live honestly, humbly before God. Let us pray. Father, I praise you in your infinite mercy that you were so kind to me to offer me the chance of repentance. Your word says your kindness is meant to lead us to repentance, but that our hard hearts full of darkness become impenetrable. Lord, let our hearts today become soft. Let us, our hearts become open. Let our hearts become honest. Father, bring the fruit of repentance to me every day. Bring the fruit of repentance into this place every week, every day in this body so that we may lead a world desperate for your grace to find your grace. Father, forgive us for our hypocrisy. We, we come to you today and say, I'm sorry for the times we go through the motions believing our sin doesn't matter. But 
sharing the gospel of grace with others doesn't matter because we're okay. Lord, we're not okay. It's evident in every news story you hear. It's every new, evident in every heart that's here that we desperately need you. We, we desperately need you right now, Lord. Father, help us to repent, to turn from our wicked ways. It's not the world's problem. It's our problem, Lord. Because you say when we do that, Lord, you will heal our land. You will heal us. Lord, thank you for your hard words to us that soften our hearts that we might be saved. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you.